What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. This is episode 147. Um, I'm here with Gino. <laughs> it's time for Hello. the Battle of Timmy. Yep. <laughs> this, uh, this epic court case is something else. And, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it really is like the Highlander. There could only be one Tim in all of tech. Yes. <laughs> uh, in case for those of our those of our live viewers, in case you haven't figured it out by now, we're obviously going to be going into a little bit of detail on the Epic versus Apple lawsuit. Not so much the lawsuit itself, but a lot of the things that have come to light because of said lawsuit, which has made for some very interesting uh, things and news and stuff like that. Uh, but let's get into some of the uh, lighter side of things with some of the news that has dropped uh this week and what has come out and uh what you've been playing the past but let's go into something we haven't done that i realized like the last couple of episodes we have not done a what what have we been playing yeah (laughs) i assume you're playing returnal i have been playing returnal i love i love returnal uh, I've been streaming Neo Replicant, as uh, nice. if you look at the schedule for uh, that's there. And I was out of work early today, and I've been playing Resident Evil Village. Um, I'm scared at how easy the game is right now. I have plowed through like the first four bosses, like no tomorrow. Okay. Um, in, in all honesty, I, there are two things I just want to uh, I want to bring up about the two of the games you're talking about. For Resident Evil, I have heard um, that is a very speed runnable game in terms of content. Which makes right. me happy because all the others are the same. Um, yeah, I mean, all, every Resident Evil has been like a speedrunner's paradise. So. Yeah. So I think, I, I think while while you're saying yes, um, I know some reviewers have already played through the game ten times. <laughs> Jesus. So apparently, yes, it is e- easy if you're the seasoned um, Resident Evil like fan from like years. Pass. Yeah, which is me. That's like <laughs> Yeah. I, I have a feeling they'll probably do a content update with like an extreme mode or something like where it's like everything's probably. even more. Well well the thing is there's a lot of modes in the game. You know, you have the mercenaries mode, which uh you know is gonna be another source of content. You have yeah. reverse, which is the multiplayer offering that's packaged in. Uh, it's not live yet, obviously, because the servers aren't on. Uh they're probably gonna be on like after midnight. Yeah, tonight, as of this recording, um, the story is really good though. I, I just got to like this one major plot point, which is like a big plot twist for the series, and I was like, I literally stood there with my jaw, like, "Oh, okay, this changes things." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really good so far. I'm, 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 I'm liking what I'm playing. I'm just like. I guess because not only am I like a seasoned RE gamer, but like I'm just a seasoned gamer in general. Yeah. And it being an FPS game, you know, you kind of know how like how to how to run through everything. Yeah. I've heard a lot of parallels that it's like it's this generation's four. Maybe I don't know. (laughs) In terms of like how it feels, like in terms of how it presents itself and everything. Yeah, it's it's definitely more action over the horror as opposed to resident evil seven where seven was more horror over, over the, the action. action yeah yeah so I, I definitely feel that that's how village is um 
but it's been good so far. I, I, I've literally only taken a break to record this episode right now. So okay. As soon as it's done, I'm jumping back on. Um, about uh, Returnal now. I have a question about Returnal. I've seen the debate coming up that there are no save points in the game and that its difficulty isn't because of um, the game itself being difficult, but because it kind of throws a lot of standard gaming convention out the window. So... This is going to be explained more in depth when my review goes live, okay. uh, which won't be until next week, unfortunately, because I'm still trying to iron out some details. Um, what I feel it is, is it tried, like, if you look at most roguelikes, you yeah. know, and how they've been, you know, we're talking like the ones that have mattered, uh, Dead Cells, uh, Wizard of Legend, Risk of Rain, Enter the Gungeon. Those games have always had, like, snappy, quick run in, beat the level, run out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, R- Returnal, I think what hurts Returnal a little bit is how it has the roguelike and the Metroidvania stuff, but it tries to be a standard console game in that retrospect because sometimes, like, if you are if you want to do, like, a full exploratory uh, run of the stage you're in for example right um your run can go for like over an hour whereas whereas opposed to like these other games where like your run through a stage is like maybe you know 15 20 minutes yeah um you know dead cells you can careen through from beginning to end and just under like two hours maybe three if if you're like really struggling yeah um and a lot of these, a lot of the level design is very big and exploratory and stuff like that. So a lot of it, a lot of the time is literally just getting from point A to point B. Now, yes, there's fast travel because as you go through the game, uh, through the stage, you unlock teleporters that can teleport you back and forth to okay. all these other zones. Um, so it doesn't bother me too much, except when like you have to like pull away mid run and rather than like being able to save your progress, but um, you kind of have to like put your system in rest mode or something like that. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I, it, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's a big issue though. Cause no roguelike has ever had mid progress save. No, yeah, no, 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 I absolutely no. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's just like, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be less on the roguelike side more on the soul side. Yeah, I think I think they were more exper- they were they wanted it to be more in that traditional third person shooter aspect. Yeah. Not realizing that it is it is a roguelike first, even yeah. though it barely crosses the threshold on that outside like outside of the fact that there's permadeath. Well not really permadeath, but like you lose your shit when you die. Yeah. Like that's about as roguelike as it gets. And that the, the levels are like procedurally generated, generated to a degree. Okay. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people are saying that, that the game like, is difficult. <laughs> I know people have been saying that the game is very difficult. It, it punishes you for making mistakes. That's the thing. So, like, you <laughs> have to be like, you have to be one of those gamers that are really good at games. And like, I, I know that that's like a very general thing to say. Like, oh, you know, if if you're able to play a good a video game, you're automatically good at games. It's like, no. What I'm saying is, you have to be like someone who is really good at understanding how a character moves in a 3d space yeah you're you're you have to be a, a person who understands how 
iframes, invincible invincibility frames work, and like what your weapon damage is. Like, there's a lot of things that you have to be mindful of when yeah, playing okay. this game. So it, it, it's, I would say, um, it's probably like the old um, dungeon explorers of on PC from like the late '90s, early 2000s, where you had to make sure like you knew what you were doing in that sense of. Yeah, because like okay. it's not like Souls hard. Because like Souls hard to me is cheap. Like Souls difficulty is not really a hard see, game. It's I'm more happy cheap that you anything. mentioned Souls difficulty because my issue with Souls difficulty is Demon Souls was not difficult because the game was difficult. Demon Souls was difficult because the interface with how you mapped how it was mapped on the controller made it literally unplayable for some people. <laughs> yes. So but like the dark like the Souls games itself were more You were more, fighting uh, the game than you playing the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um I've been taking a more relaxed approach. I've been playing Pokemon Snap <laughs> in the Mitomo demo. Uh-huh. Um Pokemon Snap I think is actually really good. I, I've been I've been enjoying it. I like the fact that you can um if you upload your stuff to social media through like the Nintendo um, online program and all that, and like how you could just do it on the Switch, um, you could then print out your photos on uh, the Fujifilm um, Instax printers. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, Story wise, it's just you go around bothering Pokemon in their natural habitat. I've been throwing apples at things <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> People get mad at me because I, I, mean, I was playing a little bit at the cafe. It's like, why do you throw it at the Pokemon? It's like, do you not remember the original one where you threw apples and it made a sound? Like, it made a hollow thunk sound because you hit hit Pokemon? Yeah. It's like, I know that there's a Gyarados in the game. I just have to annoy a Magikarp enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to throw enough apples at it for it to get angry to evolve. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Mitomo's demos. I, I, the customization is absolutely insane. What you can now do with the Miis. I, I kind of want a new game where it's like, give me that level of customization. <laughs> I, I, I've seen everything from wrestlers to like Ultraman, and it actually looks like Ultraman. Like, it's not like weird, like, oh, you're, you're doing something. Like, no, like the skin was silver and everything, and he looked dead in the eyes. Um, to Shrek, to um, <laughs> I, I've seen like literally I've seen everything. Um, it's a good demo. It, it goes through the first part of the game essentially. Um, overall, it's just me, Tomo. If you played, if you didn't play the first one, I say pick it up. It's it's a great game. It, it's a fun game, fun little RPG. It makes you I question guess. what an RPG. It makes you question a lot of the roles in RPG and battle systems. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not something for me. Like, no. Video games, to me, you know, it, it can play great, but the game's also a visual medium, and, like, just the visual style of the game, I'm just like, I don't... It's not for me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah that's uh, I'm sure I'm... it's a wonderful game, but... Uh, Based on the way it looks, I'm just like, eh, I'm not interested. Uh, that's that's 100 fair. That's 100 fair. Like, I don't blame you for that. Um, I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's that weird, quirky, like same thing with the um, Metopia, like the apartment living thing and all that. Um, yeah, it fits into that weird genre. Like, oh, 
You're really playing it because the systems that are built around the game are re- are actually engaging and interesting. Not so much for its looks. But yeah. Uh, let's... But yeah, I say so. It's this near replicant. I've been I've been playing a lot. Near replicant. I've been playing Returnal. I've been playing Resident Evil Village today, and it's like, man, is it gonna stop? And then I realize like Biomutant drops at the end of the month too. I know. Kind of. I'm kind of looking forward to that game too. Oh my. <laughs> and it's um, like, oh man, I hope it's good. Like it's been delayed so much that I'm just like, I hope it's good. I hope it's good too. <laughs> Um, I'm actually going into that game blo- outside of the first like trailer that they showed, like how many E3s Maybe. ago? I haven't really seen anything. For, I, like, I saw the I saw the recent trailer where they showed like all the different types of uh, creatures you can make based on what you choose. So hmm. I thought that was cool. Okay, you know? and the game looks interesting. I just it looks interesting. I just hope it's more than just what I see. Like, I hope there's an actual like full experience and not something that's going to disappoint me. Yeah. I've been hella disappointed by a lot so far. Like, I, I thought Outriders was going to be okay, and it was not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that... Outriders was like a waste of time for me. I, I have never... I've been disappointed at games, and Outriders is definitely one of the ones that has disappointed me the greatest this year. This year? Um, so far. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think for me, it's just been Sackboy's Adventure has actually kind of disappointed. Not because, okay. not because the game is bad or anything. It's just they content lock stuff in such a way that I'm like, this game is too difficult for the target audience. Period. Uh huh. Like, it's like I made it no, to like a the, hard platformer. It's an extremely hard it's platformer a, at times. It's and I'm just an like, extremely hard platformer. I'm like, why would you do this? <laughs> It bothers me. Um, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, I, not much has really fully disappointed me. I guess maybe Outriders a little bit. Um, but granted, I played that on my Xbox, so <laughs> I didn't pay for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like if you didn't pay for it, it's like whatever. Like I paid $60 for it, and I'm just like, oh. Well, to be fair, like Outriders and, disappointed uh, me the same way Diablo 3 at launch disappointed me. And it wasn't until the first expansion of Diablo 3 that I really went back and played it again. So, like, Diablo 3 always had the markings of a good game because, like, even with its issues at launch, you could still play through most of the game. Outriders took about a week before, like, it got stable. And then, like, the game itself was just disappointing because I was just like, this is, like, a Gears of War if it was made by people who didn't understand why Gears of War was good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds very harsh. That that's that's an <laughs> oof. <laughs> I mean And it's funny because these are guys that worked on a Gears of War game. They made Gears of War Judgment and I would think that they would get it, but like I guess they forgot isn't what it Gears was. Gears of War Judgment like considered the worst one? Um I mean being considered the worst in a Gears of War series isn't really saying much. Okay, like, that's true. They're all very, ge- they're all very <laughs> generic action adventure games with okay, cover mechanics. Let me, re- like, let me rephrase this. I don't remember Judgment, and I've played them all. <laughs> I don't think I don't think uh, people can fly. Remembers Gears of War Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> that that's you know what? That's fair. That's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. <laughs> 
Um, now we touched on Nintendo's Metopia thing, and Nintendo did like a little quiet announcement of this new game. Ah, uh, yes. And it looks really interesting. It's Nintendo Garage, right? That's what it's called, or um, Game Builder Garage for Nintendo it's Switch. Game Builder Garage, which is a a new title from. I want to say it's I from the same the team that did um, the. Weren't we just talking about this like last week? The the group that did the um, oh the box stuff. Uh, with the cardboard box. I think it's the same team that has worked on the Labo. Yes, Labo. Thank you. It feels yeah. very Labo-ish. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's yeah. They're showing stuff from Labo as well, like on the same developer page. So, um, so this game builder, this game builder garage, uh, drops on June eleventh. It's twenty nine ninety nine, and it's basically a way to teach you how to build a video game it's basically the super basic basic level stuff of of game design and visual programming uh from the looks of things everything is like super step by step yep um and the way they do it is really interesting so what they have is they have like a sort of a little mascotty type character called a nodon. So obviously it's the gaming nodes that yep. you put into when you're programming a game. So they these nodon are gonna be colorful creatures. They're packed with incredible personality and they are each put in charge of different things. So like one of them a particular nodon will be responsible for moving your character. Another nodon will be for uh, pressing a button or uh, a sound effect. And yeah. They're all listed in the in-game's Notopedia, which I think is a super incredible thing that they <laughs> named. <laughs> um, so it's basically another build-and-play type of game, very much like uh, Mario Maker. Yeah. Or if you've done some of the creative stuff like in Fortnite or in Minecraft or even in Roblox. So it's very much in that venue. Um, it has its own built-in games, so you can sort of like understand what you're making because you can make like motion-controlled games. Um, you can make racing games. You make um, shumps. <laughs> yeah, like you can pretty much make everything, and I think it's a very amazing thing to have. Um, and you can even share like your your games uh with your friend. What's so really could, like, what's what's insane is that the um. It has up to up eight player support, which makes me wonder. Like we saw, like a fighting game, but it's like, can, can we make like an off brand Smash now? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely gonna try to make something really cool with it. Yeah, and share it with people. So, like, I really want to sit down and talk with uh, people who design things. And uh... I think this is gonna be good. This is a great way to get like. This feels like the Nintendo of like the '90s. Remember when they used to do the PC programs um, right. on the Apple II and everything? Uh, I remember that, like some of those, or like Mario uh, Paint, like those games. Uh-huh. It, it feels very much in the same vein of that, and it's smart that they're bringing it to the platform like the Switch in, in regards because it looks like it could also use touch control as well. So. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I think, especially now with 
so many of the younger generation getting into Minecraft building and Roblox being as popular as it is, and even the Fortnite creative taking off as it has been recently, because like they've really been, you know, showcasing a lot of the Fortnite creative. Yeah. Um, nudge, nudge. I've been playing Fortnite again. Oh my god. <laughs> I have sinned. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like just like the, the creative capability of people out there is incredible. Like especially uh, with last year, uh, last year's game Dreams, uh, how so many creations within that have probably even oh, rivaled yeah. some of the the top notch stuff that has come out, you know, over the years in general, just out of nowhere. Um, and it's funny because, like, one of the things that I was thinking about today, I was like, man, what what, what, what happened to those Labo people? And it turned out, like, they're the same ones who are making this uh, gamer garage building. And it makes, which I think is, it's, it's, it's interesting because this is actually the logical step, if you think, from Labo. You taught people how to interact yeah. with a system and physical items in the real world. Now mm-hmm. you're taking that and it into game development because this is actually how sometimes game development works you sometimes have to physically like understand how a character moves before you can program it yep. that way so yep. it's going to be an awesome thing and uh, I'm hoping to sit down with it and I want to see what know, the speedrun community help. does with it because the speedrun community has done some <laughs> insane stuff with Mario Maker and I know some yes. people in that community have looked at this and they're like oh this is going to be fun <laughs> But yeah, um, another surprise announcement was literally today from Ubisoft. Yeah, the, the, like they, they remembered the division exists. Well, so. they didn't just remember that the division <laughs> exists. I, I honestly think that a lot of this is probably, um, how should I put this? Because of COVID, a lot of things probably had to be like pushed back a lot. And I'll get into that later. Um. But apparently there's a whole Division universe that we were not aware of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ubisoft announced today the Division Heartland, which is a Ubisoft original game. Um, so far, it seems it's, it's a standalone free-to-play game. Um, it sets after Division 2 and explores how the outbreak affects different regions of the United States as agents fight to secure a supply route. So we're going to be looking at, like, since, for those of you who didn't play The Division, has mostly taken place around the East Coast. Um, namely, New York and Washington, D.C. Yep. Heartland is going to be taking a look at, basically, what happened to the rest of the country? Because <laughs> that's been my question, actually. Like, what's happened to the rest just- of the country? <laughs> I'm equally as intrigued and as someone who has liked the idea of the division, but just can never stick with it. Cause I, the, the, the content droughts that. Yeah, happen no, I get that. So I, I feel like much, the division um, personally would be better as in the same. I don't even know what to call these games anymore. Like what, um, perfect dark or the original, uh, Tom, uh, splinter cell games were. Like, I don't know what that genre... Like, I know we call them action games, but it's like, no, there's a specific story-driven FPS, I guess. 
maybe. Yeah. I, I think like if if they made the division entirely free to play as how Destiny did it, for example, I yeah. think it would probably lead into a more successful model with having access to all these different things. But I um, think it would probably be a little bit better. There will be new content, though. So they've also released a, a roadmap uh, detailing the Division universe. So a after very Heartland, roadmap. <laughs> huh? a very, very tiny roadmap that really throws me everywhere. Um, so there will be new content for the Division 2. They haven't spoken about this. We don't know if it's a new expansion or what. Um, there's the Division mobile game. There's a Division mobile game. There's a Division novel, which is, you know, probably the smart thing to do. And then (laughs) at the very end of this, a Netflix film called The Division. (laughs) It feels like everyone's doing this now. Every company after uh, Konami made money with um, Castlevania has decided to start going to Netflix and be like, here, do something with our IP. I think the division fits. It fits. I think it could hit up like that twenty-four crowd who like that show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it hits all those. It hits all those notes and everything. Listen, it's just interesting that like they kind of just announced it. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of feels like out of nowhere. Like you think that would be something they would say for like one of their uh, like Ubisoft Connect type things. Yeah. Where, like, they announce, like, here's a bunch of Division stuff. And then, like, everyone gets excited about it. Like, putting it out of nowhere, it's like, okay, yay. It's also... We don't care. It's also either <laughs> dropping um, fourth quarter. So the game will be available either 2021 or 2022 um, around this time. So... Yeah. Yeah. So... It, it's just weird. Yeah. It, it's just, it really <laughs> so is just weird that this is just kind of dropping out of nowhere. Um, but I wonder if this is a reaction to maybe stuff that has been kind of released due to the large pressing event going on right now. It it probably could be, but there's more live service news, uh, over in the other spectrum of games that are still going strong, whether people want to admit it or not. Uh, Destiny 2 revealed their next season, the season of the Splicer, which was revealed earlier this week with a pretty amazing trailer, if you haven't checked it out yet. I, um, I have a question. The Vex have... What? I'm going to use the name Splicer like for, for a trailer and everything like that, or a season. Can, can we have a, um, the Mice of Din, is it? Was that that movie? It had the Splicers in it with all the mice and the rats and everything. I can't remember now. Oh my god. Uh, the Secret of Nim. Yes, The Secret of Nim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want a game like that. No. <laughs> no. We're not getting that. Um, but we have a Season of the Splicer where the Vex have managed to block out the sun and are trying to do something. We don't know what yet. We're probably going to get that revealed in the story. The big news, of course, is that Vault of Glass is making a return as part of unvaulted content. You know how, like, Destiny had, like, that Destiny content vault where occasionally they're going to bring older stuff back, but retooled vault of for... So they the unvaulted game. a vault, is what you're telling me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vault of Glass was one of 
was the first raid in Destiny 1. It's probably still heralded as like the greatest made raid they've ever made. Um, so I'm sure everybody is excited to come back to that. The cool thing about Vault of Glass coming back is you don't need the season pass to oh. get into Vault of Glass. It's free for everyone. So I think that that was a smart move. But for season pass owners, you're going to get the new exotic sidearm. There's also a legendary shotgun and a heavy machine gun on the actual season pass itself. Um, there's going to be 12 new weapons from multiplayer, four for Gambit, Crucible, Vanguard, and Strikes. There's going to be that many weapons, which is really nice because like, one of the big things that has been a complaint is the loot kind of felt a little lackluster over these past couple of seasons. Um, one of the big things that they did that was really smart was this past season, they took classic Destiny 1 weapons. We had um, Shadow Price, the Palindrome, and the Swarm, which was uh, Shadow Price was an auto rifle, Palindrome was a hand cannon, and the Swarm was a legendary machine gun. They had them as Nightfall exclusive weapons. So if you did the Nightfall, which is like hard end game content, uh, one of the rewards, uh, they did it on like a weekly rotation. Like one week, you can get the palindrome. Next week, you'll get the swarm, whatever, whatever. Um, they're doing that again. We're gonna they're bringing back one of my personal favorite weapons from Destiny One, the Hung Jury, which was a scout rifle. It's probably like the best scout rifle ever made in the history of the game. Um, really? So yeah, yeah, that game was amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like was the hard light a scout rifle? I don't remember. Hardlight was auto rifle. It's oh, an exotic auto rifle. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I'm also more excited about this, uh, you know, over in like personal life type things, um, the clan that was uh, the core guardians, uh, I've officially disbanded. Aww. So we are no more. But I joined up with a new clan at the behest of one of my good buddies, uh, Shadow. Uh, as a player I play with, and uh, he introduced me to uh, this new clan called Lux Obscuritatum. And really amazing bunch of people. They're super chill. And uh, I, I it, it has renewed my destiny vigor uh, to the point where I'm like actually interacting with clan mates again and like setting up. Sometimes you need that. To... Sometimes you actually need that to be stuck in a game. Like for me, it, it's my guilds and. Like Final Fantasy, yeah. There. It's like as as a so like for a while I've been very much a solo Destiny player, and it's like there's so much content out there that I'm like, if I was playing with friends, I would like going through this stuff a little bit more. Yep. And now I have that, and it's really cool to you know have that squad feeling again. Uh, like for example, uh, last night I joined up with a bunch of them, and we just went into Crucible and just had a good time in Crucible just because we were having fun. Like I And we were playing Mayhem. So the Mayhem mode is like your supers charge faster and heavy spawns all over the place. and It's just chaos everywhere. But it's so much fun. And having it be with this group just made it that much more fun for me. And I was like, this I missed that feeling specifically. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to doing this new content with them because it's going to be the first like new draft that we're all going to be you know running in together on because uh, i joined them towards the end of this recent season and um 
it's it's super awesome. You know, they even have a Discord. Uh, I've been chatting in their Discord as well. Um, speaking of Discord, you can also join ours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, don't, I just realized we don't we don't have a Vinnie Mac in the truck dropping oh, yeah. in the chat. <laughs> right. um. Wait, I think I can just tab over to <laughs> to the regular Twitch. There we go. <laughs> or or Gino can do it, sure. <laughs> but yeah, that um, works too. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's, like I said, it's just been an amazing feeling to like. That's sometimes what you need. People. You you what a lot of these games need a lot of times is not like um, it's not gameplay just alone, especially. And this is why I don't really consider Destiny. This is why I hate live services as games. Because what they what the, a lot of them tend to miss is the community, um, like having the clans. Keep it, it's really like hey, playing with your friends to do things to have fun. Like right. that that that's like that was part of the issue with um the division with me. What didn't really keep me involved in the division was like, oh, like no no one wants to play this game with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, the division was just the lack of content. Yeah, know? no, that that Destiny also played into to it. The, like, Destiny moving to the season pass in con- in conjunction with me becoming acquainted with this new clan has been a breath of new life and a shot in the arm for me. Where like I'm actually looking forward to a season, whereas opposed to before, I was kind of like, oh, well. I was like on the fence on whether or not like I wanted to get it. So one of my main things was like I hope Vault of Glass is free. Like if it was me, I would make Vault of Glass free to all players, and then whatever the new content was would be part of, you know, the thing you pay nine ninety nine for or whatever. And I'm glad they did that because whereas I was on the fence before, now I'm just like now you know I want to roll with my friends in this new content, so I'm gonna give them my ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that, that's speaking of um season passes. Apex season pass has just launched, and they have some really nice cosmetics in there. The new arena modes, which is a three v three mode, has been fun. Yep. My only complaint is that bow is so broken. <laughs> it's an, a very overpowered bow. <laughs> Over overpowered is putting it lightly. That that thing hits like that thing feels like you're getting hit with tree logs. I watched someone go from like the highest tier shield, which is red. Literally gets hit twice by the bow, and then sniped. And I'm just like, yo, your your health literally melted out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the game for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Valkyrie is a lot of fun. She's she's um, no real complaints there. I do think um, some people have been saying that maybe the three v three mode might become a side spawned esport event. I think that might I, actually I can see happen. it happening. I can see it happening. I think it's a really good mode that they added. Um, it, it really does. It feels all you're missing are just adding Titans, and then we have Titanfall three. Give me, give me, I'm sure they're gonna give it to us. At some just point. give me Cooper. It's like, oh wait, that's the dude who killed my father. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were smart to give away um, Titanfall two for free for the weekend. Um, a lot of people who missed out on it, who I've been telling, play this game. It's good. Um, they finally played it because of Apex. And, well, 
they couldn't believe like when I'm like, tell me when you get to that. that. I'm not going to spoil the game, but um, when you get to a certain scene, you kind of sit there and you're just like, oh, I see how you felt now. I was like, yep. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, would you say that's about it for the news today? I mean, we're already on the subject of Epic, so we can roll right into this uh, amazing lawsuit BS that's been going on. Oh my god, amazing is putting it lightly. Um, I, I, for those of you who haven't been following, the Epic, uh, the Epic Games versus Apple has finally actually gone to court. This is very rare, actually, for two companies to go to court because now you, you run the risk of exposing yourself to your competitors. I have never seen a company roll up the court so ill-prepared in my life. Epic, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I have... It's just thoroughly impressive how, how they felt that this was um, going to be an easy cakewalk, especially because of... Um, Apple being in the news right now for a lot of different antitrust lawsuits or, and anti-consumer lawsuits. Um, one of which regarding their hardware, which I agree with. But in this aspect, for this lawsuit, I, I'm just going to say this. I really do hope that Apple wins because they've actually done nothing wrong. <laughs> they've actually have... They've physically committed nothing wrong. Um... <laughs> So far, by all the evidence, Epic's having a hard time proving that they've done something wrong and proving that they have a monopoly, which they might have, but they're having a hard time proving it. <laughs> um, a few things, though, that we've that we've learned is Tim Sweeney is a very interesting character, I would have to say, um, in terms of like how he interacts with all, like we get to see how all these CEOs interact with each other. Um, him and Phil Spencer have been going back and forward. They've been sharing about, Oh, you want to see fireworks? Wait till this, like uh, that was one of the emails. Um, wait till like yeah, this but... court case goes off. And I'm like, that's not a good look for you, sweetie at all. Um, it's, it's the battle of the Tim is. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> is the battle of the Tim is. Um, there can only be one. Tim. <laughs> There can only and be one. There can be only one. There can only be one Tim, the tech man tool guy. Um, right. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with this. But um, outside of everything, I, this lawsuit that Apple is, uh, that through Apple, Apple and Epic, I feel like Epic should have brought this lawsuit not against Apple, but against Sony from a lot of what the evidence has shown. And I know that yeah. seems like random, but I didn't realize how greedy Sony turned this generation. I mean, Sony's always been greedy. Let's put it that way. And this is me saying this. <laughs> I, I get this, but how are you going to double dip? The, the reason, so for those of you who don't remember, back in 2018, there was a huge push for crossplay between Microsoft. Nintendo and Sony and PC and mobile and all that. Everyone should be able to play right. with each other. Sony was the, was the group that was dragging their, free, their feet about this. Even Tim Sweeney mentions, like, look, we'll take the hit and make you guys out to be the hero. And Sony passed up on that opportunity. 
for an E3. Um, the reason behind that was apparently Sony wanted to be paid for the quote-unquote loss of income if someone was to buy V-Bucks. We're, we're using Fortnite because Fortnite was the case for this. For this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For V-Bucks that were bought Say if I bought them on PC or if I bought them off my phone instead of like doing it through the PSN network where they get a small commission fee. So they get a if so what what they've stated so far is a 0.86 drop in revenue by PSN for microtransactions in Fortnite. So if say the first month you make a million dollars and everything's fine, right? Right. That's fine. Second month, a million dollars, but of that million dollars, only 600,000 of that was microtransactions in the PSN network. That is below the threshold. You then have, so Epic has to pay Sony a 15% commission, an extra $52,000 out of their pocket for that lost revenue for crossplay to be around, for crossplay to be allowed. Yeah. No other company did that. <laughs> no, it's just because like, they, they wanted the money, whereas like Sony, especially like recently, when I say recently, I'm talking about like the past probably five. This generation. This past eight, generation. Like this generation, essentially. Um, they've been so gung-ho on trying to keep everything so close to their chest that they forget what gamers have actually like really wanted and it's like it's not about it shouldn't be about the money when it comes to this type of thing especially when you consider crossplay it should be more about the convenience of access right because you're gonna make your money regardless as long as your customer base is satisfied with their level of convenience like there's like just to go on like a little bit of a different tangent there's a reason why the nintendo switch sells as much as it does because it is a convenient system uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned it that TV. it's funny that you mentioned that because that's the exact same argument that apple used um. yeah <laughs> i haven't even i haven't read most of the case like <laughs> But the Nintendo Switch is a convenient system because you can put it at home, you can take it on the go. It's super convenient, and that's why it sells the way it does. The PlayStation 4 sells very well because it's convenient enough that not only do I have my video game system, I also have something to put you know, my Blu-rays on. Or watch Netflix. Microsoft, oh yeah, or that. Microsoft is convenient because it has a whole ecosystem built around it with the Games Pass thing. That's what gamers care about more than anything and they will give you the money regardless of platform like sony you like i don't understand why sony much like every other company actually you know i do understand because every company wants to make every amount of money in the world there's that even though that's (laughs) but um here's the other thing that's also while they were doing this the other thing is sony invested 450 million dollars in cash, not assets, cash into Epic Games outside of that partnership deal. Remember when Sony yep. announced the Unreal partnership deal with, with Epic Games and everything? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Sony's like, here's $450 million. And it's just like, okay, 
Which now leads to a whole slew of other issues because now Microsoft knows this. Microsoft has now started to say this is unfair that you're now Epic has put itself in a really bad position because now it's double talking to everyone. Um, so I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, it's just one of those things where, yeah. like, you the, know, these companies who are super greedy and try to do these backhanded dealings, you know, eventually yeah. it just comes to light. And it's coming to light it's in a literally really what it bad way because. I, has, I think it's coming to light in a very hilarious way. Oh, no, no. It's like, hilarious. Me, it's, it's I'm just, saying it's a bad way for the people that we've grown up in the industry. It would not surprise me if Sweeney is asked to step down from C, like, still be a part of Epic, but no longer, like, active CEO it would not surprise me. I, I, I definitely see that happening. I definitely see that happening. Because this has the, blown the, up the, so poorly in his face. Um, yeah. The arguments that, they, that they've been using and stuff like that, one of the things that has been brought up is, now, now there was a court case just literally filed today about how Sony's PlayStation Network is the same kind of monopoly. It, it, this court case accidentally proved that Maybe Sony's entire network system is a monopoly because there's no outside way for you to pay for games. Unlike in Nintendo, you can buy a digital game on Amazon or on Microsoft. You could buy a digital game on Amazon and they send you the code. You can't do that with Sony, apparently. I didn't even no, know you that. Can't, I mean, years ago, Sony pulled out of having their digital games sold by uh, other retailers. So now that you can only buy digitally, if you want to buy like a PlayStation digital game, you can only do it through. And their apparently store. that's not legal. <laughs> so well, it's not that it's legal. It's just a customer, a customer and a bunch of people are suing them because they feel that it's a, a class action suit and they feel that it's, a, it's monopoly. Yeah. I don't think it is. Uh, I feel like this lawsuit is bogus. Like it, it's just it, going to get is thrown bogus, out. But the argument that they're making also makes sense same time it, it does make sense but at the end of the day they are the ones that get to control where they want their digital stuff sold and if sony says we want our digital stuff sold through only our store they have every right to do that see that argument now, would is, have... it, is it is it is, that... it is it unfair in terms of a competitive retail marketplace kind of yeah <laughs> yes and that's that's the kicker because again the what if you, I don't know if you read through the uh, the filings or the news report about that that lawsuit against Sony? Um, because of this lawsuit, they're claiming the argument that Apple made um, that yep. Apple never blocked anyone from circumventing their being able to buy V Bucks by opening Safari, going to Epic's website, um, <laughs> and buying it that way because it will show up anyway. They right. only blocked it if you did it in app. Because they wanted their 30% commission that way. So yeah. that, that's the argument that they're hinging on, which is like, okay, yeah. The other thing that is very surprising is, it's not surprising, we called it um, xCloud, and along with possibly Game Pass, Phil Spencer has been pushing to bring to other platforms. It was brought to yes. iOS through the browser. There was some kerfuffle because they wanted the Netflix model. But I think because of the way that legal speak, talks about applications and games every game would have to be an individually downloaded an individual icon on the apple store it's, it's a whole headache this has led to um the judge being very agitated saying like do none of you actually know how to define these things 
questioning the expertise <laughs> of people who work at Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, Epic, Apple, and it's just like, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So something that we did call um, Xbox trying to get their platform on everything. Yep. And furthermore than that, we've also found out that COVID-19 messed up the entire release window for Xbox this year and last yep. year. So we, we've learned that um, there, were about, there were supposed to be about 15 games that were supposed to be released window from when the console dropped about now actually because they would be ramping up for e3 all of those got pushed back um the ones that we do know about is like stalker 3 which apparently only has a three month exclusivity deal for microsoft that was released throughout that um there's also wordings of uh what was the other thing that they mentioned that was really interesting um oh epic the epic game store and how much money that actually makes. Um, Tim Sweeney has stated that the Epic Games Store has not posted a profit, that they're not aiming to post be profitable for another two to three years on record. Um, you know all the free games that they give out on Epic Games Store? Yep. So, in the, in the short term, those are great for developers. In the long term, now judging by the information that's been released, they actually harm developers. Um, apparently, the unit price that Epic is paying is so below the standard unit pricing for games that it's almost criminal in my opinion. Uh, we're talking about games like Subnautica only being worth per unit $5.94. We're talking about um, talking about like I think it was um, uh, Metro Redux being literally worth zero dollars. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I was like, so you paid them out, but the unit price that you paid for all those keys is, comes out to zero. And it's like this is not this is not a good practice for the general industry because obviously we'll never see those prices. But in general, that's not a good pricing scheme because now you're devaluing the work that developers put in. And developers, as programmers and everything, are already stressed. <laughs> we don't want this race to the bottom right now for this field. Of no, for sure. Um, other things that we've, that we've uh, found out is that um, Apple, while yes, it does take a 30% commission, it only continues to charge that 30% commission if per year you make a million dollars. Yep. Um, most people who've been on the App Store for over a year automatically start at a 15%. Like if you're a new developer or whatever. So mm -hmm. after that, it's like, okay, yeah. So it's like, okay, so it's actually not as unfair. One of the things that I did not know is that GOG charges a 35 to 40% rate for games on their game store. <laughs> that's expensive <laughs> in their defense majority of that I assume is probably for the games that they're like maintaining so we're talking about the back catalog of old PC games 
Mm-hmm. So since they're the ones maintaining those servers, they're the ones who's maintaining how to download those games, um, making sure that they work and they don't break in future versions of Windows. Okay, that's fair. So they have like this weird range. Um, it's interesting to see some Steam numbers out of all of this. Um, while yes, Steam does take 30%, um, net 30 um, for themselves, they only take about 5% in profit. The other 25% literally is for maintenance and other stuff that's required for Steam. So there's that. Um, those things that they, they listed were transaction conversions, stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, we also found out that on record, we now have on record the most open secret in all of console gaming, which surprised everyone, actually, uh, at least lawyer-wise. The Xbox and possibly the PlayStation have never sold at a profit. <laughs> Nope. They've always made up the shortfall through uh, software sales. Yep, software sales yep. and um, services that Trifles. they provide. So yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's always been that has always been the case. But There's, now, but now we are. actually have it in writing, which is nice to see. Um, we all knew it. <laughs> we all knew it, but yeah. it was never really a one hundred percent confirmed thing. So. This court case has just been hilarious. Um, it's like, can you... Pull, like, they asked him, Sweeney, to point to an Xbox. It's like, is this an Xbox? Yes. Is this a Nintendo Switch? Yes. Is this also a Nintendo Switch? <laughs> <laughs> and they're showing you, like, the Switch docked, undocked, and then the Switch light. <laughs> I'm just like, really? <laughs> um, I think, though, the ramifications of this the entire court case... Um, is going to be huge, in all honesty. And we'll cover that. It depends on where, where it lands. Yeah, it really depends on where it lands. In the long run, it, it, here's my predictions. If Apple wins, um, nothing's really going to change because the original net 30 that all these sites are using, that everyone's using, comes from standard retail practices. When you work with a distributor, like I do for my cafe, I, get, I pay what's called a non-taxed um, rate to buy my raw material. Right. Then to make money off of that, I have to charge a net 30. That is the bare minimum slash maximum want so that you can post a profit. Um, it, and and that's, really, that's, that's really where it comes from. Then there's um, if Epic wins... I see Apple continuing the practice that they can do. I don't see them opening up the iStore to um, to sideloading because that's what Epic wants. And the reason why that won't happen is 100% security issue. As much as I love Android as an open platform, as much as I love PC, Linux, Mac, like like as 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 platform. The reason why Mac OS X and iOS as operating systems work is because Apple keeps them locked down so that there are no security breaches. In the past year alone, from 2019 to 2020, 
there have been on Android alone made up 45% of the security breach of people's like identities being stolen, credit cards being stolen, stuff like that. Jesus. So <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it's a lot. So I think for security reasons, it won't change. They might have to change the commission rate that they charge. And I think everyone will have to change their commission rate and then figure out where we're going. If that means games going up in price to cover the lost revenue to keep certain things running. Um, but either way, Epic is not coming out of this unscathed. No. <laughs> they have accidentally annoyed and agitated everyone. Epic has also have been recently accused. There's rumors of another lawsuit going to Epic because of a recent acquisition. Um, they recently bought ArtStation. For those of you who don't know what ArtStation is, this was brought up in the, in the court case. Um, ArtStation is a... It, it, it's the professional version of DeviantArt, as much as I hate to explain it that way. It is where a lot of video game and movie producers post up their portfolios and where studios can shop around for artists if they can fit for a certain look. So it's all like the art that they've worked on in the past for games, concept art, stuff like that. Um, Epic buying that. Also, they also sell assets on there. With Epic buying that, it now is all integrated into the Unreal Engine, which is already the most used engine. In all of gaming. So people are starting to question, well, you're starting your own like antitrust monopoly because you now own the entire vertical. You now own pre-production, production, and through your game store, you now own post-production, the sales. And it seems a little questionable in that regard. Um We've learned so much. Like, there's so much information still coming out about how gaming has worked. Um, NVIDIA being dragged into this also saying that, like, they didn't expect Hulu to be a good, like, live service. Um, they also didn't expect, um, like, xCloud to do as well as it did. It's yeah. Even if it's still earning a loss year in, year out right now, which is expected. Everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. Microsoft is learning a loss. That means Games Pass is a failure. It's like, no, it's not. It's a loss leader. There's, like, Do you yep. think everything that Microsoft has to put out has to make money right off the bat? It's Microsoft. You're using their OS system, for God's sakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what people forget. It's just like, you know... Uh, Microsoft will take the L because they can afford it. Exactly. You're going to use their stuff anyway. Like <laughs> so, Sony, Sony can take the L because they can afford it, and they're going to use their stuff and buy their I games would, anyway. Like, I would I would say something else here. Sony can take the L, but not as long as Microsoft. No, for sure. Um, and that that's just in general. The weird thing is, um, is the argument of platform. Um, Sweeney was quoted that certain platforms back in. They dug up his uh, game award, um, yeah, his induction into the Hall of Fame speech um, from 2012. Yeah, 2012. Uh-huh. That stated that, oh yeah, there are going to be platforms that die off. And he is quoted in this saying, I highly doubt that Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, iOS, and Android will be the platforms. We'll probably all coalesce to one platform, and PC and Mac. Like, we'll probably all coalesce to one singular platform. 
that everyone will use. I'm sitting here, I'm like, those are all the platforms that are still left. Yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of shot yourself in the foot there, didn't you? <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it, it's just incredible. The arrogance going into this fight that and it's in, it's incredible that people actually well, think of course, that the, that having the billionaire ceo i i get of that somebody's... i get that but it's also incredible that they're, they're all lex luthers no 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 here's the thing that gets me <laughs> that there are that there are lawyers who are confident stating that in an email that says oh the information in this email is confidential between the two it's like that doesn't the judge is like, you realize that doesn't actually protect you. Like, the judge had to say that in this court case. And it's hilarious. It's like, yeah, <laughs> having that little paragraph in your email doesn't protect it from being pulled into them. The yep. arrogance that Tim Sweeney has shown before this trial has begun, this trial has definitely knocked him down a few pegs. You're going up against the literal most profitable company on the planet. <laughs> you either know how to kill them or you don't want this fight to drag out because even if they even if Lepic loses and tries to appeal Apple has the means to appeal <laughs> so yeah it, it, it's yeah it's an ongoing lawsuit we're definitely going to keep you guys posted yeah. on any more awesome amazing things that come out because of it um it's been incredible. Definitely look forward to some of the reviews of all the games that we have been playing. It's been a busy, busy week gaming-wise yeah. between Turning Through Near Replicant, Resident Evil Village, Pokemon Snap. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot, but we have more of that content coming for you, including after the podcast, as RJ and Joel will play through their run of Pokemon Snap and the quest to get the perfect picture of Raichu in a bathing suit or something. I don't know. It's Pokemon <laughs> Snap. What do you think is in this game? <laughs> I mean, you can put them in clothes. I'm pretty sure you There's could. like a whole Instagram. I, I, want, like, I, want uh, my Snorla- I want my Snorlax in pants. Um, but if you guys enjoyed the show so far and want to keep the discussion going, you can definitely do so over in the Discord. You can check out the link that's uh, being popped up right there. Uh, that's our Discord link where we can keep the discussion going. Uh, feel free to tag me. Uh, at Omega Z, if you are in there, and let me know what you thought about the show or any of the topics we discussed today. Um, on top of supporting our channels by sharing and giving it the likes and the follows and all of that, uh, we also have our merch store at our streamelements.com website. D merch is available over at streamelements.com slash digital era entertainment. You can check out our hoodie, our D t-shirt, and our D mug for your beverage of choice. Definitely check out our sponsor, Image Anime. You can use our promo code DISCOUNT20 for 20% off all in-stock items at our sponsor, ImageAnime.com. And if you are ever in the New York City area, definitely check out the Waypoint Cafe which is the home of this very podcast at 65 Ludlow Street in Lower East Side. You can see some of the items that are also available at Image Anime since there is a pop-up shop over there as well. Feel free to say hi to Gino or myself as we tend to frequent there 
Gino's always there. He lives yeah, I'm there. always there. I basically live there. <laughs> I visit and sometimes eat their snacks <laughs> and play card games. <laughs> card games and coffee. Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be it for our show. Stick around. We have RJ and Joel joining us, uh, joining you guys, keeping the stream going with some uh, Pokemon Snap. Uh, but for everyone else, that's going to be it for today. And as always, until next time, you've been decoded. <laughs>